0: I'm Jacob Tackett, and I'm Dylan Curtis, and this is the I'm Wondering Podcast. Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, Episode 31. We are glad you are here. I'm 31. I'm 31. Oh, wow. What a fun episode. Our
1: podcast is now the same age as us. So that's fun.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Yeah, what a beautiful day out it is today. Like, it's supposed to be in the 70s or so. Like, Easter Sunday is like 80 degrees. I am living right now. This is perfect for me. And I love just being warm, so I'm glad spring is coming. Summer is on its way. Yo, I'm ready for short shorts and my bro tanks and my chocos. Oh, I am here for it. Don't do that. Oh, I mean, not like too short. I'm like, gosh, I hope not. Maybe like an inch or so, or inch or two above the knee. Like I'm not crazy. Oh, okay. I'm not crazy, crazy, but yeah. Uh, well, there's some mindless rambling for you. Yeah. Uh, like we said, I said just a second ago. Like it's Holy Week. It is upon us. Uh, today is Good Friday, so we're going to talk about Good Friday, and our kind of our question that we're posing, kind of the theme of the podcast this week, is what's so good about Good Friday? And if you ask different people, it's you're probably going to have a different answer. Um, I was on a class uh, Zoom uh, this last Monday, and we're talking. I was talking about Good Friday with uh, the people who were in my breakout group, and two of the students in there. Um, Go to a different style of church, and they were saying how Good Friday isn't a somber service, it is a like a pump up, get excited, dancing and singing and having a grand old time kind of
1: service. Interesting.
0: And I was like, that is fascinating. I want to experience that because I'm like, what is there to celebrate about Good Friday? So what do
1: you do for Easter at that point? She said they
0: have a Friday, Saturday and Sunday service, and it's a Mm. continuation, just celebration.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Fun times. But yeah. So what's so good about Good Friday, you ask? I'm glad you asked. So without further ado... Let's get into it.
1: Well welcome back. Here we are. Yes. Today is actually Monday Thursday. Um, but you know, we're talking about Good Friday. <laughs> So be sure to wash your loved one's feet, you know. Yesterday night, yeah, after you're hearing this, Dylan. Uh, But you know what? Good stuff. (laughs) Oh Lord, I'm very tired, and as Jacob said, it's Holy Week. Um, so we've been we've been working hard. So you know, it is what it is. And I'm just gonna I'm off script. You know what? Here we go.
0: I'm just gonna throw this out there. If anyone from Denver Seminary is listening, Mm. can we? Like, has no one thought about making our spring break during Holy Week?
1: That's a great idea.
0: Like, why isn't that a thing? We're in seminary. These are a majority of people pursuing these degrees are in some sort of ministry, whether it be in a church or parachurch. Can we not just make our spring break on Holy Week? Yeah. It's one week later.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes. Sometimes. Right? Sometimes it could be pretty late in April. Sometimes it'd be earlier in March. I don't even care. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm going to call I'm going to write a letter. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? They lined it up, at least uh, in Boulder County, where we're at, it lined up with St. Vrain. It did. So that's helpful because there's a lot of parents at the seminary. So, you know, you win, you lose. Yeah. But I agree. It'd be nice if it was on Holy Week. Anyways. Anyways, uh, so let's get to it. What's so good about Good Friday? Uh, first off, what is Good Friday? Um, if we have any non-denominational friends out there, uh, mm-hmm. I know a lot of times you don't necessarily celebrate Good Friday. I'm sure you know what it is. Um, but I know in the mainline church uh, and we're at a Lutheran church, it's typically celebrated with a service. But anyways, I looked up some history because you know how I am. We love, love my history. history. Find it fascinating. Uh, So, of course, Good Friday, if you want the dictionary sort of definition, is a Christian holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Christ and His death at Calvary. Uh, It is observed during Holy Week as part of the Friday preceding Easter Sunday. Uh, And sometimes it does coincide with the Jewish uh, observance of Passover, which Monday, Thursday, uh, we typically in non-pandemic years have had a Seder meal, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically based on the Passover and, and Jesus meeting with his disciples, where communion comes from. You guys all know that, I'm sure. Yeah. So, um, but it doesn't always line up because we base ours on the Greco-Roman calendar, um, not the Jewish calendar. So, doesn't always line up, but similar times most most years. Other names for Good Friday. I thought this was interesting. I didn't really think about it. But of course, there's different names of for course. Good Friday. Uh, you could also call it Holy Friday, Great Friday, Great and Holy Friday, oh. if, you, if you really want to go for it. Um, or Holy and Great Friday, if you want to switch it up from the other one, <laughs> and Black Friday. Um, so those are some alternative names. Uh, so if you want to wish someone a Holy Friday and confuse them, go for it. I mean, to be honest, I'm going to just say, I'm going to go ahead and just, I guess, I'm on a kick here let's just start a
0: petition let's write a letter a petition i think it should be changed to holy friday
1: yeah i like holy friday i
0: prefer that
1: yeah i do too um but it's good friday right now so i'm gonna change the language okay you go for it i'll let you figure out how to do that and you will have no resistance i'm sure none yeah the church never resists efforts (laughs) at all right anyways all joking aside Uh, So there has been some debate over the years on uh, whether to celebrate Good Friday or Holy Friday uh, and when to observe Jesus' death and obviously his resurrection um, that we celebrate on Easter. It triggered apparently triggered a major controversy in early Christianity. Uh, I had no idea. I didn't have time to dig into what all was said, Uh, who all got in the ring together and started boxing beats me. Uh, But until the 4th century, Jesus' Last Supper, His death, and His resurrection were actually observed as a single, single thing, a single commemoration Mm -hmm. on the evening before Easter. Um, So typically, like Passover's, uh, the Sabbath at least, not Passover, but the Sabbath occurs like Saturday, basically, right? Like Saturday, what is it, Saturday morning to Sunday morning? Yeah. Um, So maybe that's where that came from. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, But... Since then uh, these have actually been separated out. obviously. we have Easter uh, celebrating Jesus' resurrection, Good Friday, his death. Um, and Monday Thursday technically being the Last Supper. So that changed uh, in the fourth century.. Yeah. Um, the liturgical celebration of Good Friday, so you know that doesn't always mean a service. It does pretty much for us in the Protestant side, but the Catholics don't do a mass, right? the equivalent of a service. They, but they do have other liturgical pieces. Again, didn't really look too far into that. Um, but yeah, the Roman Catholics, Mass not celebrated on Good Friday, but there's a liturgy. Um, if you're interested, you can look it up. I didn't, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How dare I can't you? I can't look everything up.
0: Google is your friend.
1: Google is your best friend. Um, but make sure you're you know scrutinizing the sources you find. Yes. Um, because they don't really regulate that. Uh, but beginning in the Middle Ages, um, only the... If Officiating priest of the liturgy took holy communion, so no one else was allowed to take communion, and that was uh, consecrated or blessed uh, during the Monday Thursday mass. So they had a Monday Thursday mass, which of course again Jesus' last supper, but they yeah. didn't have a Good Friday, um, and only the priest took the communion. Interesting. I mean, is that selfish? I feel like it's kind of selfish. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, the priest
0: is. The hand and hands and feet of God. So yeah, in
1: the Catholic Church, it's very it's very different yeah. than the Protestant side, which is part of why the Reformation happened. Hey yo,
0: new podcast.
1: Yeah, we'll get Lucas on and talk all about the Reformation. He'll give us all the Luther quotes. Um, so yeah, Protestant churches, unlike Catholic churches, um, we do have a traditional service, worship service, on Good Friday. Uh, again, mostly those of us who are in the mainline church, Lutherans, Methodists, calvinists those those churches tend to uh non-denominationals kind of do what they want yeah some do i've been to non-denominational mm-hmm. churches that do one and i've been to ones that don't so um so yeah this is in the lutheran in the anglican church is actually like a three-hour prayer worship service three hours not fam yeah lutherans <laughs> lutherans like that hour they're like nope Anything past 60 (laughs) minutes is not... That's a day event. Got to get my chicken Caesar salad. Let's go. Wrap it up. There better be a potluck at the end of this. Uh, (laughs) And then again, yeah, Lutherans have a more traditional worship service, pretty similar to like a Sunday morning. Methodist, same thing. Reformed church, also the same thing. Um, And yes, there is a difference between Lutheran and Reformed, and we can talk about that during the Reformation podcast Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, and some do communion some don't we at our church we don't um, but yeah some churches do I don't I didn't really find like a hard fast line on that um, but yeah that's kind of the brief history of Good Friday or Holy Friday. yeah Holy
0: um, Friday I love it
1: yeah not uh, not surprising that it started obviously with the first the early church right. and passed its way through to where we are now
0: and I'm glad it changed you know, in the 4th century, because I was just thinking, I can't imagine doing, like, a Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter service all in one.
1: That would be a day event.
0: That would be insane.
1: Yes. Although, you know what I like about it is that it doesn't separate the events, so to speak, right? Like, it it sees them all as a conducive event from the Last Supper through the Resurrection.
0: And I'm not going to do the research, but I would imagine churches, like, in... Maybe other countries, like say, yeah. I just think like the Dominican Republic, where maybe people have to walk a ways to get to church. Maybe they don't sure. have a car, or like Bolivia, Guatemala. Maybe they have to trek mm. a long ways. Maybe they do that. Maybe they continue to still just do a one service thing because people don't want to walk or drive for a couple hours. And
1: yeah, when we were in Guatemala, because I've been to Guatemala three times, and when we when you go to church there, and and maybe it's from the Catholic roots, but it was a Protestant church we were at and that we did work at. Um, their service is three hours every Sunday. That's just normal. Yeah. Um, used to work at a church where there was a um, Spanish service, and same thing, just a long, it's like a whole afternoon sort of thing. They don't do morning church, they do afternoon church. Um, so that's pretty normal. So I could see also, yes, that it would be more of a Whole day event, um, especially if people are yeah. trekking a long way to get yep. there. And I can't say I wouldn't want to experience it. I think it'd be kind of fun, but it would be fun. We'll see. It's different for sure. Yeah, the the music, especially um, not just the language. Obviously, they spoke in Spanish. Sure, um, but the music was very different because it was kind of a more remote area of Guatemala. So it was a lot of recorded bells, Ooh. which isn't the easiest thing on the ears. Yeah. Um, and then singing hymns, but it was different. Yeah, I love it. Um, So yeah, now we're going to kind of move into this question. So here's
0: Holy Friday. Um, We're talking (laughs) about what it is, where it came from. And so now we're going to kind of answer the question, well, why did Jesus choose to die on the cross? Now I need to say this up front. Like I was talking to Dylan about this question before we started recording is like, this question is the gospel and we can't cover it. Right, like we we can't just use this space right now to answer that fully, um, and so we're just gonna I'm gonna highlight this in just a um, kind of like three um, points, um, and then some scripture um, to kind of support those points. Um, so, why did Jesus choose to die on the cross? Well, sin uh, sin entered the world, and sin created this uh, this breach um, in humanity's relation. uh, to God, and that relationship can't be breached, or it can't be um, closed, it can't be reconciled um, on our end. Like, there was nothing in our power that we could do to heal that relationship with God, so we need a God to enact that um, reconciliation for us. Um, And in Romans uh, verse 3, or chapter (laughs) 3, verses 25 and 26, it says this, For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them, in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So that's the first kind of idea. Why Why did Jesus die on the cross? Well, he needed to come live a life and die so that our relationship with God could um, be healed, but also so that sin uh, could... could Be defeated, and that um, we could be made right um, in God's eyes because of the act of Jesus, because he was perfect, um, the perfect atonement for our sins. And so then uh, kind of the next point is first we're going to be asking a question, well, why did Jesus die on the cross? Because of sin. Well, what is sin? Um, And I think that's an easy question to ask, but a difficult one to answer, uh, because I think at times uh, people can see sin as subjective. Um, what sin may be for me, maybe it's not sin for Dylan because he doesn't struggle with it, or vice versa. And so it's very um, difficult sometimes to nail down sin. Uh, but I, got, uh, I found a great definition um, from one of our professors, Dr. Payne at Denver Seminary. He says, sin represents hostility to God and all that is good, beautiful, glorious, and just and God's wrath towards sin and sinners is rooted in God's goodness, beauty, glory, and justice. So, what is sin? Well, sin is basically anything that is not good, beautiful, glorious, and just towards God. So, fill in the blank. Um, it could be it can be anything. Yeah, um, and it can also be something that isn't inherently bad or inherently, um, you know, ugly opposite of good glorious and just but when we pervert them because of our sinful nature then they become sin so i also want to get that out there um in romans 8 3 says this the law of moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature we weren't so we weren't able to uphold all 613 laws i'm going on a limb there yeah I can't 613 remember. um because of our sinful nature we can't there was no way humanity could could do that. So picking back up. And three, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies, uh, bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So why did Jesus choose to die on the cross? He chose... So that he could put an end to sin's control over us, and I think that is one of the most beautiful statements in yeah. all of Scripture. That gives gives us hope. That gives us a future. It gives us something to cling to. Yeah. Um, in a world where it seems like everything's falling apart, um, <laughs> yeah, and especially in our area um, with the Boulder shooter that just happened, um, nationally, you know, down in Atlanta, all sorts of things. Um, but God died on the cross so that He could end sin's control over us. Um, and so the last point that I want uh, to give of as to why Jesus chose to die on the cross, it was so that sin could be objectively judged, um, so that sin could be exposed, and then that sin could be conquered. Uh, and Second uh, Corinthians 5.21 says this, "...for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God Through Christ, it takes a perfect, sinless person to be able to expose and conquer something that uh, us humanity that is sinful.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I, um, when we study this, because we both studied this for our church doctrine class. Class is there's two of them. I think what's interesting is people often ask, like, "What was there? Was there another way? Could could God have done something else? Did Jesus have to die?" And when people ask those questions, um, my response would be, um, that's what God chose to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's easy to speculate other options, but I think the revelation we've received is that, that Christ died on the cross, and these are the results of it that Jacob went through. And there's a lot more results, but so those much. are some of the key ones. So I would say, if you're wondering... Well, did did Jesus have to? And I would say, well, God decided that is how it needed to be. Yeah. So yes, uh, it was necessary because God deemed it necessary. Um, so that's just something that always comes to my mind because I think people look at that. And uh, what is it? Patrick to kill your father. What's the? I can't remember what the the son won to kill your son. But Mm-mm. it's brutal for sure. Um, but I think it's it is beautiful too. Yeah. Um, And there's other reasons. Anyways, I could ramble on and I'm a bit tired, so I should probably (laughs) stop rambling and stick to the script. No, I love off
0: script. It's my favorite. So
1: the next big question to this then is what did it accomplish? And Jacob kind of touched on some of this and why, so I'm not going to exhaustively go through all of it, but uh, salvation, period end of story. Boom. That's that's the big the big accomplishment um, of Jesus dying on the cross, and uh, the reminder we have today on Holy Friday. Holy Friday, Holy let's go. Friday. Start, a peti- start a petition. <laughs> so yeah, it paid for our sins that we might have eternal life with God. Uh, and by eternal life, I'm, I don't mean just once we die, I mean now. Um, that's the beauty of it, is that... Oh, that's... We're not just waiting. We're not like, oh, cool, the tickets bought. We're just waiting for the train to arrive. No, no, no. That it starts now. The eternal life starts now, and that's uh, that's in a lot of ways you can't understand it, right? Like, there's a lot of dimensions to that that I can't mm. comprehend. Um, but it's it's what I can comprehend is very moving and impactful and beautiful. Yeah, well, that's making me tear up a little. bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's
0: it's something that you know, right? Like. Mm. But when you hear it and it's like, no, eternity and Christianity, it's not an end goal. It's not something we yeah. achieve. It's mm-hmm. something we live. Like Jesus tore the veil. It's mm-hmm. the here and not yet tension. Mm. Let's live. Get now, it. Now. Get it. Like eternity
1: is now. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Mm. Getting it. Jacob's ready to preach, he's fired up. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's, yeah. It's a, there's just moments where I think for me, and this has happened a lot during Lent is like, you just feel the Holy spirit. And it's just like this yeah. concrete reminder, not only in my mind, which is where a lot of things tend to be, but in my spirit. And that's yeah. when it really moves you is, is you can feel God's spirit kind of giving that weight to what has happened and what's been accomplished. So yeah, rejoice in that, um, on this Holy Friday. Um, but a couple other things, um, it accomplished a ransom payment, if you will, um, and that's Mark ten forty five says, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it was a ransom payment on our behalf. Um, it accomplished in the sense that it was, a, it was a loving sacrifice, a demonstration of a loving sacrifice. 1 John 4.10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son is an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Um, so it was a demonstration of this loving sacrifice. It was a substitution on our behalf, mm-hmm. um, that Christ took our place. Um, this is a quote from um, Don Payne again, I'm pretty sure. I should have put the name down. Whoops. <laughs> But it says, in his sacrificial death, Christ takes our place, bears our guilt, suffers our just punishment, and atoned for sin once and for all. Um, so he took our place. And some will, of course, there's there's some disagreement on that. Yeah. Um, I firmly believe that, but I, there are varying thoughts on the substitution aspect.
0: Um, Not that our, reader, our listeners need to hear this or anything, but was... I'm looking at your uh, quotation or your parentheses here. Is this Millard Erickson? It might be Millard. I think it might be just based on we've both written uh, kind of like the same paper because we've both been in this class in 742. I just I also quoted I think all three of these quotes from Millard Erickson. Sure, but sure, yeah, it might be.
1: I don't know. I pulled some of this from my notes, so yeah, <laughs> could be, could not be, can't remember. Here we uh, are. And then, of course, it accomplished reconciliation, um, and this is from Millard Erickson. He says, as important as it is for humans to turn to God, the process of reconciliation primarily involves God's turning in favor toward us, mm. um, which is, yeah, we, we don't do that. No. Uh, we can't do that, and that's, again, the beauty of this is it's it's God turning towards us, mm. Uh, regardless of our sinfulness, regardless of our um, brokenness. Uh, and then one um, one that's kind of hit me a lot recently is the idea of adoption. Um, and I think this is, uh, if I was reading, it might have been Millard um, Erickson, and the, the book is, is just Christian theology, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just a real thick, <laughs> systematic theology book. So if you are having a hard time falling asleep at night, maybe that's a good, <laughs> good piece of... Uh, it's happened reading. to me. Yeah, good piece of reading to pick up, or if you're fascinated. It is it is fascinating, but it's pretty dense. Um, but he said that this idea of adoption is kind of being recaptured in recent history. It kind of fell off as an atonement understanding, but it's, it's kind of coming back, and I love it. So, because um, the idea of adoption is a change in status and condition. Um, so, a lot of times with justification. When we talk about the cross, we think a lot about the change of status, right? Our our sin is blotted out. It, we're, it's not held against us anymore, but it's not just that. There's a conditional change, and, and that kind of goes back to this reconciliation. God has a different disposition towards us. He, he sees us in a graceful light because of Christ, um, not just the sheet is balanced. Um, and that's, that's pretty amazing because you don't get that from any other world religion. Uh, at most you get, how do you balance the scales and get eternal life? Yeah. Uh, you don't get a God who's going to look at you completely differently. Uh, that's going to see his son when he looks at you. Um, so yeah, it's just not a balancing of scales. It's this adoption into the family of God. And Paul actually used this a lot. Um, and it comes from Roman society, Uh, So I looked up the Roman side because I Mm -hmm. think it really gives a lot of weight to what Paul was saying. So uh, this is quotations. I didn't come up with this, obviously. So, But uh, Roman adoption was aimed at providing a suitable heir to a family. So under Roman law, a a slave could be freed to become a Roman citizen. The freed person who is now a Roman citizen could then be adopted. Upon adoption, the individual, and and if they were the oldest... um, Oh, wait, hold on. Upon adoption, here we go, the individual receives the same rights as a biological child. Um, If the one adopted is a man or a male, um, not always a man necessarily, it could be a child, um, and they were the oldest, they would actually end up taking over the family. That's bonkers. They would become the patriarch. So that's ridiculous. (laughs) Yo, that's like the prodigal son, like, Upped a million right there. I know, I know. So, like, think about this. This is what kind of struck me as I was reading this. So we were slaves, right? We were slaves to sin. We weren't free people. Um, But through Jesus' death on the cross um, and His atoning work, we have now been freed from that slavery. So now Mm. we've become free, like it says, you know, someone who was a slave is now free, and now they can be adopted. So now we can be adopted. Um, So this means after our freedom, that we become, we can become citizens, and in becoming citizens, we're adopted by God. Um, and then we become heirs, um, which is just ridiculous. Yeah, this,
0: this podcast got me all up in my emotions. Today, all up y'all. in the feelings.
1: So uh, a great passage behind this idea is, is Romans eight fourteen through 16. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves. Again, that idea of slavery versus adoption. So that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship uh, or daughtership. Um, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Um, yeah. It <laughs> just beautiful. hits. It yeah. hits, yeah. It, it's hard. It slaps, as the kids say.
0: I, like, I don't know if they say it anymore. but Really? Yeah, I thought that was popular. Yeah, I mean, Dylan, come on,
1: man. Yeah, you're a youth pastor. Changes <laughs> changes I, quickly. I can't even keep up with it. So, as such, again, we're not just simply forgiven our sins. We are given the same rights as Christ, which just doesn't make any sense. It's <laughs> so <laughs>
0: unfair.
1: So, what does that mean? I, I think it means we're co-heirs. So that's in scripture. I didn't get the the verse reference. Sorry, but if you Google co-heirs with Christ, you'll you'll find the It'll scriptures. Yeah. Um, and that, that also means when God finishes His reconciling work, so when the Son returns and all things are made right, we will rule over creation with Christ, um, which is a position obviously all of us should grasp at this point. We do not deserve. Yeah. Um, and also, this one's this one, especially in light of the weight of everything that's gone on, is is we suffer, we will suffer in life. That's a promise given to us. But at the same time, Jesus says in Luke ten nineteen, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. And I think when he's saying that, he means nothing spiritually. You can't be killed spiritually now that you're found in me. There's no. You've been adopted like you aren't leaving the family. That's not on you. Like your adoption is my, that's my work. Um, you're not leaving me. And we can get into the once saved, always saved at some point. Burr, but burr. But I think that's awesome. I mean, that, that the worst possible thing that any of us could ever face is, is complete and utter um, separation from God. That is the worst thing to ever face. Yeah. Um, we face a lot in this life, and it sucks, to be honest, and it's hard. Um, but the, I, the understanding that we'll never, for eternity, we could never suffer forever and we'll never be separated from God because we're adopted is a very, yeah, just heavy, powerful thing. Um, and there's a lot more we could talk about. There's a ton, uh, again, because this is the gospel. Yeah. Um, and then you get into the resurrection, and there's a lot with that, being Jesus being the firstborn among the dead and how we'll also be resurrected, but we can't, you know, that's for Easter. We hey, don't want to slow down. That. But I've, I'm all about <laughs> atonement, resurrection. Like, I could go on and on and on and on about it, because it is the gospel. Yep. Um, and everything throughout Scripture that you see is leading towards this. God God was never out to leave us out in the cold. Like mm. he was always out to reconcile us to him, to adopt us, to bring us into his family. So this Good Friday, just think about that. When you look at the cross, like think about that.
0: <laughs> now bit, I'm in my feelings. Yeah. It's it's a Dang lot. It. It's a lot. And I mean, I'm going to be real. I'll be vulnerable and honest like you know, I've been in church ministry for a while. And it's very easy to um, come to church and come to church and be like, what do I need to do to make sure somebody encounters God today? I really come to church and say, Jacob, how are you going to encounter God today? Um, And that's what I love about this season is it's a really great opportunity even for like for me to come to church and like get to encounter God in some yeah. really profound ways, and like doing this podcast, like we're up in our uh, feels this week because I just like reading these things, doing the research, like even just having you sit across from me, like you are ministering to me in this, and like it, yeah, you too, it's it feels good, like it's yeah. it's in a, it's a great thing, um, so yeah.
1: And Man. even even what you said, like, I would even sometimes ask myself, like, how can I almost get out of the way yeah. to let someone experience God? Because um, I think we can certainly get in the yeah. way sometimes. More um, often than not. But yeah, God's, yeah. He is too good to us. He is too good to us. Thank you, Jesus. But he chose to be, so mm. we're really thankful. Amen. So, anyways.
0: So, Dylan, I'm wondering, what's your favorite aspect of Holy
1: Week? <sighs> Even though we kind of just dabbled in it. Yeah, yeah, we kind of covered a lot. Yeah, I guess I would say like right now in this moment and something I felt this entire Lent season is just the weight of it, just how amazing it is. Like, it's impossible to capture. Yeah. So that's me. Yeah, and
0: I guess for me, it's kind of the same. Um, My favorite aspect of Holy Week is just that I am reminded... That even though I fall short, he still loves me and he would come back every single day, every single day to die on the cross for
1: me. Yeah. And yeah. Once and for all.
0: it's, it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's the and this isn't on script, but when Jesus says to tell us die, he says it is finished. In the Greek that's actually in the perfect, which means that's the status of it. It's finished forever. For every sin then and now and mm-hmm. in the future. It's finished to telesty. That's beautiful. Yeah. Man, that's so good. And if you're one of those guys listening, you're like, oh, you guys got all emotional. <laughs> just remember,
0: Jesus wept. Jesus wept. It is manly to cry. Yes. But we won't get into masculinity. Not
1: manly to whine. <laughs> well,
0: whine. Is manly well whining?
1: Yeah, whining. If there's an H, <laughs> you gotta lighten it up somehow.
0: Oh man, I am so glad we get to do this, guys. Thank you for empowering us and thank you for listening. Yes. Um, because if you weren't listening, we wouldn't be able to do this. Um, this is a ministry that Dylan and I thoroughly enjoy. We love it. Um, so, guys, we want to hear from you. What do you want to hear? What's your favorite? Um, aspect of Holy Week with your favorite, may, we can do Lent, like as we journey to the yeah. cross and the resurrection. What's your favorite aspect of this whole season? We'd love to hear you can hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, I'm wondering podcast at gmail.com. Um, let us know um, because we are the podcast for the people. We want to hear for, <laughs> from you.
1: It's like a pirate radio. It's
0: pirate radio. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Well, guys, I. And myself and Dylan, we're praying for you. Um, we're praying that you encounter God in some profound ways this week. Yes. Um, and that your life is impacted. Um, if you are a faith community listener, we have um, Good Friday service tonight at 7 p.m., online and in person. And then Easter services online and in person, 7, 9, and 11 a.m. We would love nothing more than to interact or see you in person online uh, this Easter weekend yeah all right well
1: i think that's it
0: cool thanks for listening guys i'm jacob i'm dylan and this is the i'm wondering podcast